think of his grace and his mercy And oh yeah, how he loves me All I can do is thank him for blessing me He shows me from the hurt and the pain A touch from him and you will never be the same Yes, I gotta thank him for saving me I thank him for my blessings every day that I wake up. We were born into this sin, but he decided to save us. Wasn't grateful for my life, but now I thank him every night. Because without him, I'd be lost. Now the problem has been solved. I remember all the lies and all the times that I disguised. But now his greatness and his mercy was revealed until my eyes. I'm so alive, I rose up from the dead survive. I cannot help but give him praise. You should come along for the ride. All right, everybody, I want to thank you all for joining us again for another episode of the Servant Leader Coaches Bible Study. I am your host, Coach Chelsea, and I'm super excited to join you all again for just another opportunity to grow, to grow in faith, to grow in sports, and to grow in servant leadership. For the month of March, we have been talking about Proverbs 31 Women in Leadership, and there was no way that we would have this month without such an amazing servant leader that we have one today. Today, we have one that's not a stranger to the call. She's actually been on one of the calls before and uh, that have joined us and actually is uh, the executive director for the Centennial uh, Conference. She actually was introduced to me by a couple of different athletic directors. I've watched you for a while, and I'm super excited to just have you on to share. We have servant leader Portia Hood with us today, and I'm super excited to hear about her journey. I'm super excited to hear about what she has for us today. And I want to thank you for your time. I tell people time is one of the things in life that once it's given, it can be given back. So I'm going to pass the torch to you to say hello to our listeners, and we'll get this conversation started today. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Coach Chelsea. I'm super excited to be a part of uh, your program today. Hello to all of the servant leaders out there. Uh, Excited for our conversation and to learn more from each other and and grow on all of our journeys in leadership as well as in our journey with Christ. So good morning, good afternoon, good to have you. Good, thanks to be, glad to be here. (laughs) I love all that. I'm glad you said that because it's so crazy that now the servant leader coaches Bible study has spanned uh, national, international, all time zones. So, you know, we, we had a servant leader on a couple months back who was in Japan. He woke up to be with us. So, (laughs) right. Super excited about that. Um, I'm just so thankful to have you on here uh, because I know that plates are so full, especially in this time right now where, you know, it's coming to the end of some seasons, the beginning of some seasons. And with you, you don't have a season. I've heard interviews you had before where you talked about you and your husband, both y'all are all seasons all year. (laughs) So just to get this thing started, talk to us a little bit about, you know, just your athletic journey. You know, we take a look at where you are now, but of course, people that are trying to learn how to get their feet wet in athletic game, talk to us a little bit about how you got from there to here. Sure. So um, I will say that I was kind of introduced to sports by my mom. She she was the really avid sports lover. She was my first coach. She was the first one that, you know, taught me about so many things and basketball was her thing. So um, I was a basketball student athlete, um, played it all through high school. When I went to college, I wasn't quite sure if I had the ability to do it for, for scholarship or not, but I was always a good student. So I knew no matter what, I could fall on my on my brain and I would be all right there, but um, ended up going to a school, a small school in uh, San Antonio, Texas, Trinity University, and uh, wasn't really highly recruited or anything, but was hanging out with a lot of basketball girls. And next thing I know, I was on the team and I, I was playing pretty significant playing time, um, playing point guard and shooting guard and really enjoyed my experience there. Um, I came from a really strong high school program in Texas and we won our state championship. We went undefeated. I played with a lot of D1 uh, rock stars. So I really had high expectations when it came to basketball. But in college, I just realized I had a passion for so many other things. I I worked um, as an intern at the San Antonio Sports Foundation, and it was a wonderful way to learn about the business behind sports and amateur sports and um, this nonprofit realm. And after doing that, I was like, this is, this is kind of cool. It, it's the perfect fusion of my passion for sports, as well as my degree that I was pursuing in business. So kind of my junior year, I knew I wanted to do that. My senior year, I retired from basketball. It, it was no longer for me. I didn't really like the direction that the program was going in. So my, my parents were like, look, you make a decision. You either keep complaining or you, you get off the pot and you'd be done. You're done. Come on now. That's it. <laughs> 
<laughs> and so I decided to, to be done with it, even though it's been something I have been doing since I was 10 years old. And, you know, you, you don't really know anything else, but you kind of step out on faith. And uh, I think fortunately for me at that time, I, I took on more responsibilities on campus. I really got more involved in my sorority. I was treasurer of our chapter, Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. Shout out to my sorors out there. Y'all heard her. Y'all heard her. <laughs> Uh, I, you know, was working on campus. I, I um, got involved in our Black Student Union. So it really helped expand the leadership opportunities for me in, in different ways off the court. Uh, I still have the passion for sports and, and moved to Atlanta. Uh, they had just hosted the Olympics and great opportunities there professionally, collegiately um, in athletics. And I interned at the Women's Basketball Coaches Association uh, for a few months, worked convention, wonderful, wonderful time. I'm learning kind of the event management side of athletics. And from there, I really got onto the campus uh, part of athletic administration. I had an internship at Smith College in Northampton, Massachusetts as a Southerner, had no business in New England. Um, My my car wasn't ready for it. I wasn't ready for it, but I went because that's where the opportunity was. And I really had a great, great time there at women's college, really strong women at at Smith College and learned a lot from those professionals. I worked at Vassar College for a year as an interim assistant AD, um, then worked at Lake Forest College. And after about three years there, I was feeling the itch to be an AD and I had people telling me, you could be an AD. I'm like, no, I'm I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Um, Was promoted to associate AD at SWA. And then um, I applied for a couple of AD jobs and got my first shot at Allegheny College in um, Western, uh, Western PA and was there for six and a half years. And we added sports, we built facilities. You know, it wasn't without its challenges, but I, I really enjoyed being a part of the student athlete lives. I was the first black woman to serve in that role. So for the black women and the black men on campus to see me was really a point of pride to help with recruiting and try to diversify our campus even more was a, definitely a point of pride. I was on the, the president's uh, senior leadership team. So I also got to make an impact on that level when it came to the overarching vision of the institution. And after about six and a half years, I, I was feeling like I wanted new challenges Um, So I actually took a position at Rhodes College as their athletic director, and the position didn't go as I thought it would, you know, I think it was one of those situations where the what you thought you were stepping into wasn't necessarily what you were stepping into. The the grass isn't always greener. Um, When you go through an interview process, who you're presented with isn't always who you're you're getting. Um, So after a few months, it it didn't work out. And I found myself at a juncture in my career where I really had to rethink, is this something that I want to continue to do? Do I pivot and think about doing something differently. And the Centennial Conference position opened up. And I had known a lot of the schools in our league. I knew them to be very strong academically and athletically very strong as well. And that's really what I ultimately wanted to be a part of. And I had a colleague who worked in the league and reached out to me and said, would you be interested in this? And I was like, sure, why not? You know, the, at the time, I really liked what I was hearing from the interview process. And here I am three years next month um, in this role as a commissioner. And I can say at a fairly young age, I, I've been an AD. I've now been a commissioner. I've lived in many different states and experienced many different parts of athletics. And I wouldn't do it any differently. I, I think it's definitely helped to make me the person that I am today. And I continue to grow. You have said so many things in there, and it depends on, I always try to make sure the listener understands some of those pieces that they may have missed. Mm-hmm. I heard all the stops, right? All the places that refined you, all the places that strengthened you and prepared you for your next. But then that I also heard you say, it wasn't a place that maybe I chose to be, it was different, but it was where the opportunity was. It was opportunity was to make me better. The other thing that you made sure that you stated was that you have been at places where you had to actually build from foundation up. And see, a lot of times we as leaders, it's easier, right, to go places that kind of already laid the foundation, already maybe have some winning seasons and championships and things under the belt. But when you can start at a place and move from the ground up, that teaches you so many different things, not only about where you are professionally, but what you are individually 
in a professional realm. And so I appreciate you putting that out there because some people will look at a job and they'll say, mm, like you said, I don't have no business up there, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> and not go. But I'm just so thankful that you are willing and were willing to take those necessary steps to end up now where you are. You know, knowing that we have athletes, we have coaches, athletic professionals on all different realms and all different levels that are in here. I want you to speak a little bit to the fact of making sure, Kristen Kane says this all the time, people that know, they know I love Kristen Kane when they listen to this podcast, y'all gonna hear her pretty much every episode. One thing she talks about is having that here I am, send me mindset that the Bible speaks about. She talks about a lot of times we miss our calling, right? Because we're the area code, right? We feel like that area code is not where I'm supposed to be. And so spoke of this, that kind of is what that made me think about. I want you to talk a little bit about assignment. You are a faith-based individual that is in an athletic professional world. I want you to talk a little bit about the importance of the assignment, the calling that Christ placed on your life when you make decisions in the sports world. Yes. I think before every interview, before every job offer, I would pray about it. <laughs> I would pray, you know, if this is for me, it'll be for me and I will faithfully follow the, the steps that I'm supposed to. And, you know, obviously you do your due diligence, but you, you really try to discern in every situation. Well, I hear what they're saying, but what are they really saying? Or you, you, you have to trust your gut too. I, I think sometimes we really dismiss that when something doesn't feel right, that's for a reason. Come on, come yes. on. <laughs> so, you know, don't be afraid to, to give into that, um, to put yourself in un uncomfortable situations. And, and I definitely was willing to do that. Fortunately, I was in a place in my life where, you know, I didn't yet have a family and I could do so freely. And, and I just had just the, the thought process that, sure, why not, you know, and I'll find my way and, you know, I'll, I'll find my church, <laughs> you know, because that was always something I do. I have a place where I can go worship and, and fi find my foundation. Um, wherever I am, I will find those places and I will be, that will be part of my network. And that'll be part of why I'm successful because I have that foundation around me. But um, it, it really, for me, it's always been stepping out on faith and just knowing that, even if it's not the perfect situation, it is going to work out, out as it's supposed to work out. And even if I had to leave that, I'm going to find positives from it and I'm going to learn from it and I'm going to grow from it. And that's part of the path. That's part of the assignment is learning more about myself, learning more about how to deal with different types of people. Um, you, you can never discount the importance of that. It's not going to be all roses and rainbows all the time, but sometimes that's part of the journey. And, and that's just as important as the good things is just learning the bad or the not so great one, great pieces of life. I think that's golden. And I think in that, right, when you talk about stepping out on faith, you know, my pastor's talked about it all the time. We hear it all the time. And I think, you know, one of the things I tell people is we'll be a bit better or we'll deal a little bit better about who we are if we understand whose we are. Mm -hmm. We're able to step out of faith, right? You said before any interview, before I take a job, before I make a decision, I pray first. I pray about it, right? And it's so funny because the more that you grow in Christ, you'll, I feel off when I try to move without asking him. I'm like, Ooh. No, hold on. Let me let me back back. Right? How dare I? Right? And I think it's part. It's a growth factor, right? It's not as that it's easy, but when we learn to step out on faith, that's the thing about stepping out on it, and then He comes through. That's how it builds us, right? I tell people all the time. It, it's it's not. It's almost like a baby, right? Learning how to do something new, especially walking. Hendrix's not there yet. Okay, We're talking before we got on, y'all. I'm like she's growing too fast on me, right? But of course, naturally, they stagger. And of course, that parent, that person they trust, they're like, come on, come on, come on. And they trust you. They may not trust each step they're making, but they come on anyway because they trust you. And so the more that we begin to trust Christ and understand him, and we take one more step and he comes through. We take one more step. Even if coming through may not always look like what we want it to look like. That part. Yes, That's we the thing for us. So sometimes people think that when God says no, right, or God says, mm-mm, that's not yours. You can't be blessed with something that's not yours anyway. Yeah. Right? Like, you know, when, when that job, and I'm speaking to somebody because we know it's, it's, it's hiring and firing season for a lot of seasons right now. Mm -hmm. And people understand that you cannot, he did not take something from you that wasn't yours in the first place. So you talk about praying before the interview, 
you talk about praying for those, you know, decisions that you have to make. I need y'all to please understand that we step out on faith when we learn to trust him with each step. So I thank you for putting that out there. That's good. Okay. And a lot of times we don't trust our gut because we're like, wait, hold on. Well, maybe I'm just, mm-mm, that gut is there, right? Have to follow that. If it feels wrong, what'd you say? Feel wrong, look wrong. It's wrong. Chances are, it's probably not right. So I appreciate you for laying that out there. You know, thinking about stepping out on faith and learning how to step out on the faith, that tends to differ, right? Because like we talked about knowing whose we are. I want you to talk a little bit about your Christian journey for us. You know, we know some people like me, I grew up in the church. I was in there when the doors open, okay? And for people, it, it happens late in life. Our whole goal is that you find them, right? I want to know a little bit about as my grandma would say, how did you find him for yourself? <laughs> well, well, similar to you, Coach Chelsea, I, I mean, I grew up in the church. Now, I wouldn't say we were the, the 24-7 church-going family, but, you know, <laughs> gr- growing up in the South, we were de- definitely, you know, uh, Christmas, Easter, Mother's Day, you know, the, the CMEs. <laughs> Come on now, CMEs. <laughs> For those of you who grow, you you know who we are, uh, but a little bit on, on top of that too, you know, we, we're pretty regulars. Uh, my, my dad was a police officer, so he didn't always make it. He had the excuse, you know, I worked all weekend and y'all go. But, you know, my mom was diligent in making sure we were in church and she's the one that would sign us up for the, the Easter pro. Oh, you're going you're gonna to be the in the Easter program this year. Like, mom, I, I don't want to do it. No, you, you're going to do it. Um, so we always grew up going to church and um, a lot of social activities around the church, you know, being there for the revivals and the, the church picnics and, and all, all that good stuff. And, and afterwards, it was just trying to maintain, it, it was trying to find um, where I felt comfortable as a young woman, um, as I was moving all over the place, um, making sure that I, I found and made the time to do that. Now, in recent years with the family, it's become more difficult with COVID. It's been more difficult and we've just had to evolve. So thank goodness for, you know, various webcasts and, and social media. Um, we can pick up our snippets here and there and, and we're not as active as we probably were growing up. My husband and I both, but we're still very strong believers. And as we raise our kids, um, we're, we pray with them every night and, you know, we, I'm a little five-year-old, Hey, is there anyone you want to pray for today? And he might come up with the most random, you know, <laughs> I, I want to pray for the, the cucumber that I ate today. It's like, all right, baby, like, come on here. Some prayer. but we just encourage him to kind of express himself to God too, in the way that comes naturally to him. And, and that's all right. So we're, we're constantly kind of growing in our faith and trying to find the right place for us to worship as a family. But, you know, in, in this time that we're in now, we've really gotten a lot from, you know, I'll get up on Sunday morning, watch Joel Osteen, or um, I was in TD Jakes's church because I grew up just outside of um, Dallas, Texas before he was the biggest star he he is now. So, um, and then I follow all of them on their social media platforms. And I always feel like my feed feeds my soul. And at the right time, I'll get the right message. And all of a sudden, you know, I stop on his and he's preaching a word. I'm like, you know what? He, someone knew I needed this right now. And it just, it always seems to be right on time, even if it's a short snippet, but those are the moments that I find just the feed my soul and help me to still feel connected and um you know I get my daily bible bible verse um every day and and again it always seems to be right on time with what I need for that moment in my life so I feel really blessed in in those little snippets knowing that I I feel a little bit closer to God and and feel like I'm I'm doing a little bit of right in the world as I continue on my my journey as a Christian for sure and and the thing is you know we laughed of course naturally but I tell people all the time, the church is in you. We're the church, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that is what you displayed. And I laugh even so much, but I love it at your son. You know, I, I feel, I tell people this all the time, you know, can you remember when you first found Christ for yourself and you accepted him as your savior? You were excited about everything, right? You were excited, you were excited to go do, serve, obviously, whatever. And then, of course, as time elapses, it's not that you don't, you're not excited, you're not willing, but that same excitement, that's where he is, right? And so he prays for the cucumber and we, we laugh and, and it's cute, but it literally is something we can take you to, right? Because he's so thankful for the things we overlook, right? Somebody the other day, and I was like, you know how they say, I'm thankful for all my blessings, both big and small, both great and small. 
And I laughed and I said, but isn't it so funny how we've categorized a blessing as great and small when we weren't able to give it to us in the first place? Isn't that right? Yes. I think about it. Waking up. Yes. Walking, right? Talking. As my grandparents used to say, the activity of my limbs, right? <laughs> yes. And we call those and categorize, categorize those as small and not realizing that's big because somebody didn't do that. Yes. Yes. You know, yeah. my pastor always say, keep waking up and saying good morning. You know, there's a deacon at my church and I, I hate, you know, since COVID things, just the scope of church has been more just social media now, but I would say, Hey, how you doing? Good to see you. And he said, good to be seen every time without fail. And, and, you know, we laugh at it and, and it's like, Oh, that's so cute. I love that saying, but the truth is some people weren't seen today. Mm-hmm. Love that, that that could be a reminder there. I see your son making us learn some things today that yeah. we sure that when we count our blessings we don't categorize categorize great and small all of those are important the other portion that you said in there is that more than anything refinement right it's amazing how you said no matter when you log on or when you go there's a word and a message that's right on time for what you need that's not by happenstance you know it's so funny if i same thing turn on tv turn on podcast or whatever you look and be like wait who told us pastor my business <laughs> yes how, how did you know like you start really but really that's the amazing part of regardless church in a building or not we're the church when we seek to go for the word of god he's going to make sure that we have what we need so i think for pointing it out for sure i do you know in mentioning your husband and mentioning your sons not only being a professional woman right in the athletic realm you're also a woman, a wife, and a mother in the home. We've been talking about Proverbs 31 women in leadership, right? And even though we've been aligning these women up, I tell people those attributes are important for the men as well. But I want you to talk a little bit about how you walk in your ordered steps in this professional realm when everyone isn't a Christian, right? Sometimes we walk in on the assumption that everybody follows and believes the same way we do. They don't, Right. How do you ensure that you execute and you walk in the way of your beliefs as you lead, as you make decisions inside and outside of the home? Yeah, I, I feel like that's that's every day. Like I, I constantly think <laughs> yeah. about um, judge not, least you be judged, right? Like you have yes. to meet, meet people where they are. And it, it's not necessarily for me to force them on the same path or the same steps that, that I'm taking, but th- these are the steps I feel like I am supposed to be taking. I'm ordered to take these steps and I will do so being a strong leader and the great leader that I think I, I am. And if you're meant to follow along, you will, you will follow along. If, if your path takes you elsewhere, so be it. You know, I, I think that comes in in every leadership realm that you might work in. I I work with a a small staff, but then I also work with 11 institutions with 11 very different personalities of ADs and hundreds of coaches that certainly have very different perspectives in life. So I, I always feel like you just meet people where they are and try to connect with them as best you can. If that happens to be that they're a Christian as well as you, then you you can connect with them on that. And I'm not afraid to share that in, in little ways, whether it's my language and talking about, you know, how blessed I am today, or I'm blessed with a family and, and you know, blessed with, uh, you know, two people that two little boys that are my everything. Um, but I, I just try to listen and understand who they are and what drives them. Because for some, it is just sport. And, and for others, they see, they see the greater meaning of being a part of sport. They see themselves as educators. They see themselves as leaders of young men and young women and, and helping them to seek greatness in everything that they do. And I'm like, oh, that, that sounds pretty familiar. You know, right? You know, <laughs> that's I'm right. pretty sure that's... <laughs> but you know what? How you get there, you'll, you'll get there on the path you're supposed to get there. I think that's awesome. And I, I just... I feel that it's amazing sometimes when we speak, and I'm pretty sure when you speak and talk to your sons, your mom comes out. I, I know it does because it happens with me. And I'm just like, oh, gosh, I just sound like Vicky. I, I, I love it. You know, shout out to my mom. She's awesome. So, but yeah, a lot of times I do, but I think that that is the biggest portion you said is we have to meet people where they are. And I think so often we try to figure people out. We try to, you know, make people 
turn on our belief and accept our belief. But I think you said it best, if I meet you where you are, it's not my job to judge you and it's definitely not my job to change you. That's right. Walk, you know, I'm always reminded when we talk about things such as this, of servant leader, Chris Kreider. He's assistant men's coach at Georgia State. And shout out to them, men's basketball. Did an amazing job, heck of a job competing with Gonzaga last night. Yes. Right now, if not for those injuries and foul outs, man, you never know. Some history would have been made. But he always says, if you talk to him, his voice is so meek, right? He's just mm-hmm. cool dude, very calm, collected. And when he's on, he was just talking. He said, you know, y'all, that's not our job to try to change people, Bible beat people, try to make them come over to our side and know who Christ is. It's our job to walk in it. It's our job to be a light. It's our job to just do what he's called us to do. And one of the things you're going to find is people are going to see it as it's something different about him. It's something different about her. And what it's going to do is going to peak and spark their interest. You know, I always get it as just you always seem like nothing's ever wrong with you. You probably never had an issue a day in your life. That's not it. That's not even close. And he said, and then when you've piqued their interest, that's the time. That's the time that you allow what God has told you to shine through. And, and I love that because that's what you just explained. I'm going to be where you are. I'm going to stride right the way that I'm supposed to in my home and abroad. And what's going to end up happening is people may not ever believe or understand that it was the Christian faith, but they'll find it. Why? Because they're going to say, oh, you know, she's a believer. And they're going to remember how you treated them. No, she's a Christian. They're going to remember how you walked. And that right there, I, I believe, I believe, my opinion is why a lot of times when I speak with people who struggle with the faith or believe in Christ, but, you know, have moved away, it's not because of Christ and in, in, in his teachings. It's because of people. Yes. Yes. Our job is shine the light and meet people where they are. And so I think, you know, and shining that light, though, Portia, a lot of times in this life, and I'm laughing, y'all, because I'm turning my right ear out. I was telling Portia that my little one, actually, she must have known mommy had a call. It's about 11.57, she went to sleep. So I'm just listening out. Um, but a lot of times in shining that light, sometimes the ways of the world, right, can dim our light. Trouble. And I tell people all the time, you know, when trials come, they don't knock and say, hey, Portia, just let you know, hey, you clearly said you're on Friday because I'm going to send an obstacle. Mm-hmm. a storm you know your way so get ready yes. blindside us nine times out of ten and my grandparents and my mom used to always tell me baby girl you gotta keep a scripture in your heart you have to make sure you know God and God for yourself so that when those moments come you still remember who he is even when it doesn't look like it even when it doesn't seem like it what's a scripture or a word or anything that you hold near and dear that when those days get long when everybody is reaching for you and pulling for you and you feel like you just octopus hands everywhere, what's either a scripture, scriptures, or any type of words you know from Christ that you keep in your heart that pulls you through? Uh, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every time that you rise in judgment, I shall condemn. That one right there, I feel like every scenario that that speaks it and I think just speaking of social media I think the other day someone and I can't remember who said this they said he never said there would it, it, it the scripture says no weapon so the weapon is still going to be there but they're saying it's not going to form and be Come you on. know um, held against you I'm like see that that's a word to me because the mm-hmm. weapon still might be there what they say you'll be protected but doesn't mean the the weapon still won't be there but I you know being a black woman and a very white male dominated field I Mm -hmm. I think around every corner that there are obstacles and you're having to deal with microaggressions and you're you're dealing with racism and genderism and you you name the ism you're dealing with it that is the scripture that stays top of tongue in any time that I'm I'm feeling down or or out or just need a little bit of pick me up. I I keep a um on my Amazon music. I've got my modern gospel music mix that with my Fred Hammond and my Kirk Franklin and my Tasha Cops. Like it, that's music. Yes. It's hype. It, it keeps me grounded. And sometimes when people come to my office, they're like, "Okay." Is this hip hop Portia? Are we <laughs> is this a uh, spiritual part? Like what what mood is she in based on the music she's listening to? Listen. But I think that also helps me because I, I love music. I love music ministry. I believe strongly, and that's another way that you meet people. And there's so mm. many talented artists out there. And just the way, I mean, it's not 
it's not our grandmother's music, right? It's changed a lot from the, the Mississippi Mass Choir. And, you know, um, <laughs> like I, it's just, you know, it's so much more secularized, but it, I think it's cool and it meets people where they where are they now. Are. Yes. So I, I love that about it, but it, it definitely energizes me too. Um, and depending on the song, you just might get turned up a little bit more and just like, all right. I, I needed Kirk to speak. I needed to smile because he told me, you know, I needed to smile. That's right. <laughs> and better days are coming. I love that. And, and you actually pointed out a lot of my favorites in there. But I'm the same way. I tell people, if you just hit shuffle on my playlist, you can get a little bit of everything. <laughs> but, but I love that. And, and I think that is truly, I've seen, if not the same meme, a meme like yours that says that, you know, God never promised that the weapons were informed. He just said, I'm going to prosper. Right? I'm also out of that scripture. My God brother loves it all the time where it says, you know, in this life, you will have trouble. I'm telling you that. It's not a secret. I'm telling you that. But what I'm going to tell you is be of good cheer and good courage because I need you to take heart. I've overcome the world. So you don't need to worry about all the stuff in it. I've overcome the whole thing. I got you. So the same thing holds true with that, right? The weapons, they're going to form. Mm -hmm. I told you that that's not a secret right but what I'm telling you is they're not going to prosper they're not going to work I got you you know and I think yes within the storm it's hard to remember that but you already yeah and sometimes you start visualizing some things as a pastor when I think back I start to think because my girl was like look no weapon <laughs> I don't need a moment but, but I, I think and I tell and I and I encourage I charge anyone to do so if there is you know you don't have one or just pick one start with one right say that thing every day right because we have prepared you know I, I gave a little hint and it's definitely coming for the month of April we're doing the whole armor of God right we have to be armored through this thing right and so that that's it right there when we have to make sure that we have our word in us and embedded us so when those moments come we don't go try to reach and grab and figure out, you know, I'm here in Florida, Portia. So, you know, we know hurricane season. Okay. Yes, we do. <laughs> well, and you know what ends up happening. The, we, they could, the, the meteorologists could talk about a hurricane coming for weeks. We ain't going to move. Oh, it's not going to be that bad. Then we start seeing that thing hit in Panama City. And what do people do? That's about two hours away from Tallahassee. They start running to Walmart. They start running to Publix. And everything flies off the shelf. And you're missing things. You're not prepared for the storm. Go ahead, you got what you need now. I got some water in this cabin. You don't know, but we're prepared. And the same thing holds true, y'all, with that scripture. We got to make sure we have the word that covers us and reminds us, right? Yes. That though, I think so often, it's not that we don't want to, right? It's just that the days get long. We get consumed with everything that we're trying to do professionally, especially now. You know, I get it. I used to always see you all in the professional world being moms. I get it. You're intense do something but it's too bad you know my sons need something my daughter needs something that's gonna take precedent right and then finish them you know hey now your husband walking in hey Portia for a second can you you know and the days get long and we do we forget we're human he knows that how do you stay spiritually fit you know we know we go to gym to stay physically fit we know you know I've been talking about Wordle you know Wordle y'all need to hit me up so I'm pubbing y'all but we all know Wordle hit I'm doing well um but in that how do we make sure that we keep our spirit fit? What are some of the things you do to brush in? I've heard your music a little bit. I heard that. I know you plug into some of your favorites, but how do you just make sure you stay spiritually fit with everything going on in your day? Yeah, what you mean? I'm I'm not great at this. Like you you said, I'm I'm a mom, I'm a wife, I'm <laughs> I'm a leader of an organization that requires a lot of me, and I don't do a great job of balance. You know, I will open openly say that, um, but it it's a constant goal of mine. I, I wish I could just take the time to take, I always hear, take a few minutes every day. And I used to have the little gratitude journal and it was like, okay, um, write down a few things you're grateful for. And, and like you were mentioning earlier, it could be something as simple as I woke up this morning, you know, I have a roof over my head. I have food in my belly. I have two very healthy kids. Um, and I, I used to do that. I don't do it as much as I should you know, then, and that is my goal. Um, but like I said, when I, when I get my music going, that's a way that I feel like I can multitask, but I'm still taking it in. <laughs> and uh, that, that's a moment of, of pause for me. And when, 
when I just seek out my, my, my Bible app, I'm like, okay, I, I need a little bit more today, or um, I'm, I'm going to try to take a step Give me back. a second. Continue, but I'm going to get my co-host. Yes. <laughs> but sometimes you, you have to just take a step back and um, find the scripture that speaks to the moment, or I'll just read whatever pops up. And, and maybe that's what my, my soul needs in that particular point of time to, to nourish itself. Um, and pray. I, I'm always praying. That's something I feel like you can do no matter where you are. You can be in the car, in the bed, in your office, between meetings, between Zooms. And I might take a moment and just pray. Like, let's just take a breather. Whether I'm speaking out loud or speaking in my head, um, the, the little prayer in midday or several midday is, is not going to hurt. But that also helps me stay a little bit fed. Hi, little cutie Hendrix. Say hello. Say hey. Hey, mama. Say, yep. Say, mama, I gave you almost the whole thing, but I, I wanted to join the party. <laughs> but no, I'm with you. And I think more than anything like you said, it isn't easy. We're not going to ever, I think one of the biggest things is as long as we're honest and transparent, right? A lot of times when individuals are new in this faith, or they're trying to learn the faith, they get intimidated, right? Because they make it look like, oh, you got to have this huge grand gesture and it's supposed to be this way. And it's like, no, y'all, you know, we had Rachel Barbeau on the other day and she said it best. She said, people are drawn to our imperfections far more and greater than they are to our perfections. That's true. Transparent enough to show people like, look, I look, I fall down, but you know what, Grace, I get up. That's when they want to know, wait, this is man that actually knows you've done this, 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 and you don't get it right. And he still loves you anyhow. Mm-hmm. That's somebody I want to know. Yes. Through this and he brought you through, even in spite of your mess. That's the person I want to get to know. Yes. You know, come on here, Portia. You know, I laugh and I know that it's embedded with us and ingrained with us for so many reasons, but we both share. Uh, we're in members of the same sorority, Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated, where service is another attribute in what we do there, right? Mm-hmm. Of course, we talk about serving and service and exuding that all the way through and through. But I want to hear your take a little bit. You know, in spite of all that you do, you know, the greatest of these and the greatest among these must first be servants, is what the word tells us to do. Mm-hmm. How- is servant leadership to you as you walk through what you do on a professional scale and showing your sons as you walk through this life how important it is to give to others it's been critically important um in raising our kids my husband and I have been very intentional in that you know nothing's going to come easy to you especially as little, little black boys even though you're biracial you you are black boys so you need to understand this world does not owe you anything you're going to have to work that much harder and to be seen as, as great so uh, we certainly try to make sure they have a humble heart um you know it, even as hard as it is for my five-year-old to comprehend oh, I'm bored, even though he's got a room full of toys. I'm like, boy, you recognize that there are people that don't even have half as much as what you have. And it's like, if you don't have enough, why don't we take some of these toys and go give them to the local shelter yes. or, and get, <laughs> and he's like, well, well, mommy. And I'm like, no, you, and this is like, it's a hard like, Hold on. <laughs> yes. It's yeah. really hard for him to comprehend, but it's important that we start having this conversation with him now. Cause what you're not going to do is be spoiled. Um, <laughs> there, there's just too much going on out there in the world. And we've tried to do little things and, um, you know, if we over Christmas time, we'll uh, try to shop for an angel you know um, at the local mall or someplace where there's you know kids in need hey let's take one or two off of here and when we go shopping we're going to go shopping for this young man or this little girl and we just want him to understand that it's important to give to others we're in a very privileged place we we uh we we live well you know we're, we're not going paycheck to paycheck we have a two-income household uh we own our home like we we've got a lot going for us so we want him to understand that this is not how everyone lives and we can do a part in helping others 
to live better or to provide a little kid with an even better Christmas than he would have had. Or we took a bunch of toiletries to the local shelter and said, this is another way that we can, we can give back to folks. Or if it's something as simple as, you know, he gets a little dollar for losing his tooth, like, Hey, do you want to give some of this change to the, you know, make a wish jar at Walmart or Target or something. So those are, are ways that we're, we're trying to show him. And we certainly in the future We'll try to get him more more hands on um, and seeing those things in action. But it's really important for us that they, he understands that you, one of the ways of being a great person is you give to others. And um, there are various ways that you can do it and you can you'll do it in your own time. But he's certainly going to learn that lesson early on <laughs> from his father and I. And um, we're going to continue down that path because we, we think it's important. And and that's how we my husband and I both face our positions and and. Um, in leadership is we, we really feel like we're helping to make this world a better place because of the work we do with student athletes. And um, what I do in my job, even though it's so oftentimes so far removed, I think sometimes by just being present and being your authentic self, like you said earlier, people are watching you and they see you and they see what you do. And, and in my particular world, they don't see a lot of people that look like me. They don't, they don't see a brown skinned girl. They don't see a girl with natural hair. And one day it's in braids and one day it's curly Afro. Like I, for me, that is important. That's part of my service is like, look, this is me. I'm professional. I can be professional with braids. I can be professional with a fro. Um, and I'm going to command this room and I'm going to be darn good at what I do. Um, and you will learn from that, whether you know that you are or not. So those are all important pieces as we um, raise our, our kids and in this world that continues to baffle us <laughs> every day. And that's probably like a whole nother segment that we could go into. But, you know, it's something we we're all paying attention to. What kind of world are they inheriting? Their foundation is going to be need to be even stronger. Um, going into this day and age that's golden right like I'm taking heed to a lot of that myself and I think so often you know you spelled out exactly what we should know all the time in general right the uh, hundred black men always say this what they see is what they'll be right and, and I'm reminded of uh, Dr. Brittany Ezell I love her so much she's so awesome been in the coaching game forever now new endeavors but she always says if you want them to be a woman they have to first see a woman yes that's what you describe right there and I need you to understand also too that in seeing a woman you're gonna get all of these facets right you're gonna learn that we basically can be able to maneuver and be a chameleon in this professional world that we do around in when I allow people to define what that is we're gonna show you how to define that for yourself and when I show up I'm gonna show up right I love that. I think it's so important, you know, to have people like you on. And, you know, we had Tiffany Green on a couple of weeks ago and she was the same way. She was like, I didn't seek out to make history. She said, I sought to, to, to open the door and leave the door open. Mm-hmm. And all are doing every single day, like every single day. And I love that. But then to pass that on to your sons, right? Because the thing, there's a day where it's going to be time for them to find the Proverbs 31 woman, right? Mm-hmm. And how are they going to know what that was supposed to look like if the first person that they saw and they looked up to did not show that? And so I'm so that you exude those attributes on a day-to-day basis because trust me, people are watching. Trust me, people are watching. And so I'm telling you, when I always say, I thank you all for laying the foundation and the blueprint for Hendrix, I get excited, right? Because you and I both know when we take a look at things in history, now we're adults. We remember back then, we paid attention to women in history, right? Yes. Attention to history and motion is what I'm going to call it. So that when this is my age, she'd be like, you know, my mommy interviewed her. And I remember she made history, da, 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 da. She made <laughs> on you. And those are the things that are important to me that when we see this history in motion, that we call it out because they have to have something that they, I don't want our young women to, and, and our young black women to pay attention to things that are out there that, you know, no offense, but social media is paint a picture to them about what the woman should be. Yes. That's not how, when I said hero, people asked me my heroes and who I looked up to. I didn't start with what was on TV and social media. I started around me. I had my mom, my grandma. I had people in my church. I had a list of people, my godmother. I had all of these people where I could say, hey, she did this, she did this. And they're making history right here in my realm. So I appreciate you doing that and being that and a part of these young women's village because they may not have one to show them that. 
Yeah. And you're spot on with my sons. I, you know, I didn't know I was going to be a boy mom, but I wear that badge proudly, but come on. Help it the day that they meet their mate, she, she better not come half-stepping because it, it's always been important to me yes. to bring my sons just a couple weekends ago. We had our basketball championships. I said, you're coming with me. We're going to basketball. We're going to watch women's basketball. And he watched the game and I said, watch, mommy's going to hand out the trophy after the game. And I want him to see that. I want him to know his mom is an important part of that. We watch as much women's basketball as we watch men's basketball around here. Like he needs to know that women are as athletic and as entertaining and as talented as any man out there and we'll flip it and watch football later so it's always been important for them to see a little bit of everything but I think especially being a woman and being outnumbered in my household (laughs) these boys are going to understand the importance of a woman and the strength of a woman and everything I always feel like I'm a better mom because I and and this is my own journey my own testimony I'm a better mom because I work full time and they can see me out there doing what I love and helping to provide for them. And I know that's not for everyone, but that is just what I believe. And he knows like mommy's got to go to work and daddy's got to go to work. And sometimes daddy can pick me up and sometimes mommy can pick me up. But that that's part of how we're, we're raising our boys. And, and like I said, the woman that comes along after me, she better knock it out the park because I'm setting the bar (laughs) as high as possible. They're already my boys, my babies, but the bar is going to be set super high for her. I love it. And, And I think you said it best, like that's golden. There's no need to even touch that because that's what we're called to do. That's what we're called to be. And it should be you. And trust me, they know, right? I haven't even been around your boys, but I know, right? Because I've watched it. I know because I know what, you know, my eyes caught when I picked up and was introduced to you. And what you were doing so I think that's amazing and I think you highlighted something as well is that you know it looks different for everybody you gotta find what works for you yes but I think that you know it's so funny when we pay attention and watch individuals in their comments I'm just like goodness like I just you know again as you open up judging not but you can pretty I always call it a point of origin that's what I always call it right I tell people you know when people are like, what is wrong with people these days yeah sometimes I think that too I often think too, well, they didn't have, you know, the teachings that I had. They didn't have the mom that I had that said, hey, you don't talk about people. You don't know their struggles. Right. Focus on you, right? They didn't have the people, your, you know, other boys around your sons, their friends may not have you saying, hey, we provide you with this, but I need you to understand. It's greater to give than I have that. So I love how you pointed out because I think we all need to take a back seat sometimes. Take a step back and pay attention that servant leadership doesn't stop at our jobs and out in the world. The best place and how you change, here it is, how you change the face of this world in the next generation, because we talk about next generation all the time, it starts at home. It starts at home. I'm an educator by trade, and I tell y'all right now, it starts at home. Mm -hmm. Right? My my, uh, mom used to say, character begins at home and spreads abroad. So, of course, Ashley, as we begin to close out, there are a couple of questions I do have to ask you. You know, it's so, so weird to say to make you part of Servant Leader Family because you already are. I'll go ahead and the horn. You know, what I'm speaking of you all is we are both um, we're sorority sisters in Delta Submitted Sorority Incorporated. And last year we did a call um, called What is a Delta? Uh, Women of Delta Sigma Theta and Leadership in Athletic Professional Sports Realm. And I will go to tell you all that as I was taking a look at analytics, those part two episodes, one and two, are uh, number four and five of our top 10 episodes of the Serving Leader Coaches Office Study. Yes, so it was amazing. I actually listen to that quite often because you all are amazing. It kind of helps me stride right um, on many days. But of course, naturally, as we talked about earlier, the storms of life, they come. One of the things that I like to do with my spiritual fitness and in my morning devotion, as I'll often do my God is devotion. And I think the other day you probably saw me and it took a win. I asked people on Twitter and y'all went in. I was like, oh, they could up, right? But it's, it's great to remind ourselves of what God is and what he isn't and what he's been because sometimes things hit and we forget, right? And, and you know, we can fool ourselves if we want to, but sometimes we go through things where we do have to be reminded what he is. So you don't get a long list. You only get one. Okay. So if I said God is 
and Hendrix drew a line right here. How would you feel that blame? God is what? Faithful. Come on, man. Faithful. Um, Come I think now. when you sent that out, so my my cousin just passed suddenly. He, he's that. been sick for a while, like in hospice for a while, just turned 40, like young. And I'm the oldest of all my my cousins and everyone. So that hit hard. A, a, a daughter who's 18, two little boys that like he's he's leaving, but we're a faith-filled family. And um, my aunt said, she's like, she was with him. She left and then he passed. And she's like, he knew enough to pass when I wasn't there. So as hard as it is to, you know, take in his loss, I know God is faithful. I know he'll continue to cover my little baby cousins and, um, you know, we'll, we'll celebrate him in the way he should be celebrated. But, you know, you just think about, oh, he's gone too soon. And, you know, he has so much more life to give, but there, there's a plan and, and we have to trust in that plan, no matter how hard or how selfish we want to be to keep him here. He had been suffering and it, it was time for him to go home. So um, he, he's definitely faithful. That's golden. And he is faithful. And I think that the beauty, I agree him. I think the beauty in that is that when someone can mention how faithful he is in one of the hardest moments in this life, mm-hmm. someone can mention how faithful he is when they've experienced a great loss. That alone, if, if you don't know him for yourself or you still struggle with why to trust, that is proof in the pudding right there. You know, and then I love even the extension of what you said because oftentimes I tell people, and the beauty of that is going back to when you know whose you are. Mm-hmm. Know Christ enough to know that your time was coming to be able to send people away because they don't want you. I, we hear that often, right? We, we hear people say that, I've witnessed that. You know, I've heard people say all the time, like, you know, my one of my friends, my father, he sent me to go get a milkshake for him, knowing he hadn't ate none in three days, right? And mm-hmm. as soon as I left, he went. And I'm like, boo, he didn't want you. <laughs> he didn't want you there. But the beauty in his faithfulness, that even when I'm hurting, even when I don't understand the loss, mm-hmm that I can still understand that he is good and he's faithful, right? And then I'm gonna twist that a little bit too to our servant leaders because in his faithfulness, I'm reminded of a scripture that tells us this. As servant leaders, he tells us, if we're faithful over a few things, he'll make us ruler over many. And I, when I see you all, especially you and as servant leaders that on your climb, and you're continuously climbing, but when you started out and you mentioned your athletic journey to us, you were willing to go, even in the places where you're like, what am I doing here? <laughs> right? You were faithful. At each step, you were faithful. When you had to lay the foundation, you were faithful. And so as I'm watching you climb, as I'm watching where you stand now and pay attention and young athletic professionals are looking like, oh my God, how did she get there? I hope y'all understand and don't miss that. She's there because God is faithful, but she's also there because his word says, if we're faithful over a few things, he will make us ruler over all over many. And she is exuding that every single day. There was nothing too small for her to be able to be there to serve. And of course, this is the servant leader coaches Bible study where servant leadership is at forefront of what we do on both sides of the back and all the way around that within athletes, athletic professionals, normalizing servants within the sports realm to serve like Christ. They take on so many definitions. We see books out there. We see all these different things, but I'm asking you, what is servant leadership to you? It's, it's massive, right? Like I I feel like it's giving, it's giving of yourself. It's being selfless. It's, it's modeling the the Mm -hmm. behavior that you expect of others. Um, to me, it's, it's the very essence of leadership. Um, it, yeah, it is the very essence of leadership, giving, 
of yourself, mind, body, and, and soul to others to, to make this world a better place in all ways. Like you said, um, it's what we should all strive to do and caring for others. I, I think it's also the, the ultimate sense of, of caring, caring, concern for others, which we could use a lot more of. Ooh, love that neighbor. <laughs> love that neighbor. You know, you it, it's so funny. Yes, first of all, yes. And I'm reminded of servant leader um, Coach Paul. He's over, he's on often. And even when he can't come on, we chat often. He sends me a scripture every morning. So talk about iron sharpening iron, y'all. When you're looking for people in your camp, you know, as uh, I've seen it recently, I always just say who occupies the seats at your, at your table. Right. But I've seen recently um, where they say, who are the pallbearers in your life? And that thing struck me. Right. Yes. Scripture every single morning. But one of the two things he always says, he says, love your neighbor. Y'all. And it sounds so easy, but why don't we do it? Love your neighbor. That's what Christ says. That's all he asks. We make it so complex. And he talks very me too. love your neighbor. And then he says, be where your feet are. Mm-hmm. We move so fast. We're trying to chase the next. We want the next job. We want the next blessing. But did you take care of where your feet were? Mm-hmm. Your neighbor and be where your feet are. And when anything, what you said in servant leadership is just making sure it's, it is. It is the best aspect, the greatest aspect of leadership. But taking care of others, right? Making sure that what we're doing, we put them first. Making sure that their needs are met. Not getting caught up in our titles. Mm-hmm. But making sure that while we're there, why did God give me this title? Why did he allow me to accept this position? What do I need to do to fulfill this role? I'm a feeder there. You know, don't be so quick to move. But while my feet are here, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to help others? And I think that's golden. You're so awesome. (laughs) I just want to take the time to thank you. I know that you know, the servant leaders that come on here and tell people all the time, there's a small line at the bottom that says time and schedule and dates may change because these servant leaders serve first. And so I want to thank you for just taking the time to come on, share your wisdom, make us better, right? Share your testimonies, your ups and downs and your teachings of Christ and being honest to make us better. I know that somebody's going to hear this and have, has heard this already and has been made better for it. But more than anything, I want to thank you for laying the blueprint and the foundation so that Hendricks can say, hey, did you, did you know that one of the first Black women to be in that position? I'm like, well, I know her, okay? Let me put you up on game. <laughs> <laughs> but I do. I thank you so much for coming on and just making us better. I really do appreciate you. You know, I, I appreciate it. Coach Chelsea and um, Aunt Portia is here to babysit baby Hendrix anytime. Oh, they'll send her up to Pennsylvania. We'll, we'll get her in some snow. She'll have a good time. Um, but I do she, appreciate you. Y'all put her in snow. She might not come back down here. To, we can get that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. But before we go, I do have to cover you as always. So if everybody would just bow their heads. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you right now again. We do not ever ever take for granted the time. We don't take for granted the paths that you allow to cross, Lord God. So we thank you right now for these paths to not only cross once, Lord God, but once again and again to do your work. Yes, Hendrix. For this little girl right here, Lord God, we thank you for the servant leaders that are able to lay the blueprint, Lord God. And today I ask that you say, and lay a special hand, Lord God, on Portia. Touch her family, touch her, her, her going out and her going in touch the Centennial Conference, touch everything that she has to do, everything that she has to lead, every footstep that she has to cross to serve, Lord God. Give her the strength, the knowledge, the wisdom, and understanding, Lord God, to continue to lead and serve like you. I ask that you meet everyone at their point of need, Lord God, Lord God. We may not know what they need, but you know, so touch them. Lord, help us to love our neighbors. Help us, Lord God, to meet people where they are. And most of our Lord God, I I ask that you help us to continue to be lights so that those that may not know you can find you. And yes, in Jesus' name, we'll always pray. Amen. Amen. It sounds so weird to say, because you're already a part of the family. (laughs) Servant leader, Portia Poet, you are now a part of the servant leader family. 
We welcome you in and we thank you for coming along to increase our ranks. Thank you so much. I feel blessed and honored that you would even involve me. So hopefully there was a little nugget for anyone that's out there, but I've been made better by being a part of this and we'll continue to hopefully make you and others proud. And I guess our journey is not over. It's ever evolving and ever changing. So we're, we're never actually always there yet, right? We, we just continue to aspire to be better. So that's it. Say great job, auntie. <laughs> Say, great job, Auntie. She's like, what is this? Why do I see y'all? <laughs> I appreciate you, my sister. And we thank you for listening. We're going to see you guys right. next time. <laughs>